morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Snack 71.6. I'm your snack master, Andrew, back at it again with another episode, and the news today is grim. The news today is dire. But first, let's start with something fun. Let's start with something good. It's not snack related. I like to I like to do this sometimes. Riverdale. Riverdale is actually... Hear me out. Hear me out. The last episode of Riverdale was actually kind of good. I actually liked, unironically, most of the last episode of Riverdale. It was... Uh, Season 6, Episode 7. And... I don't re- Okay. There are so many things going on in Riverdale at any given moment. Cheryl has a separate plot. Archie has a separate plot. But sometimes it intersects with Betty. But Betty has her own separate plot most of the time. Jughead and Tabitha have their own separate plot. Well, it's more like Jughead has his own separate plot, and sometimes Tabitha will be there as set dressing. And then, we also sometimes have Kevin as, like, an interstitial if we need to cut to a location, but we can't just cut, you know, from one plot to the next. We need a slightly more gentle transition. We use Kevin, poor Kevin, as, you know, the, he's just the, yeah, I guess, I mean, he's just like a segue for scene transitions. They're not ever done well, by the way. Don't get me wrong. It's not like a gentle transition or anything. We'll go from like Archie being hit in the head with a brick to suddenly we're in Pop's Diner and Kevin's talking to his dad and getting a job through nepotism. And then the camera will pan to the left and Jughead is deaf. Like, it's... They just... Someone in the writer's room remembered that Kevin is a character and the actor did renew his contract for this season so he has... He legally has to be in at least like, one scene per season. And... Oh my god. I feel like there's like... Hmm. Oh yeah! Oh! Okay, I was I was about to say that I feel like there are some things that I'm forgetting. Because like I said, there's just so much. But, uh, Tony Topaz actually has her own scenes, which is nice. She's technically been, been a main character since season three season two she was introduced and like kind of a she was a supporting character but like she became a staple in season three but then by season five how did it go again 
I think season three, she was a main character. Season four, she was just Cheryl's arm piece. Season five, she wasn't her own character. And then, so far in season six, half the season was Rivervale, and the two episodes we've gotten in Riverdale proper again are just nothing. But, yeah, so, like, I watch this show every week, and even I can't remember all the plots that are happening. But basically, Archie, Betty, Archie's dog, and Jughead all have superpowers because Veronica's dad put a pipe bomb under Archie's bed. And... They're at, and yes, this is Riverdale proper. It's not Rivervale, where magic and the supernatural happens. No, this is back in the real, normal world. Archie is invincible. Unless he's near his literal kryptonite. It's it's palladium. But it's, it's kryptonite. He even remarks that it's kryptonite. Um, so yeah, he's invincible. Betty can like Betty became an empath she can sense the vibes of a person and she knows if they're bad or good um Jughead his superpower is he's deaf and the dog doesn't have any defined superpowers right now but despite being like six feet from a pipe bomb he only had four broken legs which healed in three days so like maybe there's like super healing or something or just like general all-around improved physique but yeah the dog has better superpowers than Jughead anyways and then Veronica has a story where she killed her dad and feels sad about it, but also she doesn't feel sad about it because now her mom's back in town, but her mom's like, her mom's a, her mom's a reality TV star now, so none of the emotions that Veronica expresses to her, she, she responds, but then like 20 minutes later she comes back in and she's like, okay, can we do that again, but with cameras rolling? So Veronica feels sad, but she can't really talk to anyone about it. I mean, she could talk to Reggie, but, like, even though he's her boyfriend and his dad just died also of a heart attack, not a hitman, um, he just couldn't understand what she's going through. I really don't care about Veronica's subplot. Oh yeah, Reggie has his own plot going on sometimes. How do, how could I forget about Reggie? Jesus, this show is tough to follow. Despite how terrible it sounds, the last episode was actually enjoyable. Unironically. I mean, I did laugh like a hyena when Archie was being held at knife point by a serial killer who was talking about how he was gonna cut him up into bits and then mail each of the bits to Betty 
And then Betty's mom opens the door to the house and lets his dog in, and the dog immediately runs upstairs to the to the attic, and Archie yells, Bingo kill! And the dog tackles the dog tackles the serial killer through a wall. And then they fall three stories. So like that's fun. That was really funny. It wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be dramatic. <laughs> but Archie just yelling, Bingo kill! It was just Mwah. It was perfect. That is what I want. That is the Riverdale I expect. I don't know. Uh, please watch Riverdale. It's so bad. Bingo kill. Anyways, now that we've started off with the fun stuff, now that I've now that I've spent, you know, eight minutes, nine minutes talking about Riverdale again, now it's time to give you the bad news. I guess there is a little bit of good news out of it, but it's overall bad news. So, there's really not any snack news. There's nothing, nothing's gone down in the last week or two. Like, even last week I was kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel. This week there's literally nothing. So instead, I've, I've talked about fast food sometimes. So, I am going to tell you about... Burger King launches new burger with peanut butter. Burger King launches the new peanut butter stacker, a burger with a new peanut butter sauce. The new burger ar arrives along with new peanut butter fries. Burger King's peanut butter stacker features a peanut butter, mayonnaise, pickles, two grilled beef patties, and American cheese on a toasted sesame seed bun. You can also get it with three or four beef patties, or with a beef patty and a crispy chicken patty. And, and reading the, reading the ingredients of that, I actually feel I actually got a little nauseous. Peanut butter, mayonnaise, pickles, two grilled beef patties, and American cheese on a toasted sesame seed bun. Oh my god. Oh, I just got shivers. Oh, that's that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh. And the peanut butter fries consist of french fries drizzled in peanut butter sauce. It's important to note that this is not peanut sauce. This is peanut butter sauce. So, just take a scoop of Jif peanut butter out your closet and heat it up and mix it with a little bit more oil, like a bit more oil, so that it's, you know, more saucy. And then you have your own peanut butter sauce. Oh my god. I actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry that you have to listen to me go through this. I'm sorry that you have to go through this. It's actually, oh my god. Just the, nothing about that sounds good. Nothing. Like the, 
the savory, like the peanut butter is like rich and savory, right? But it also has a bit of sweet that, but it's not the kind of sweet that complements the sourness of pickles. It's, but even if it was, even if the sweetness of peanut butter complemented the sourness of the vinegar perfectly, the savory of the peanut butter just ruins that. And then there's also, of course, beef and cheese and bread. I can't weigh in on mayo. I can't talk about how the mayo will affect it because mayonnaise, to me, is absolutely disgusting. I hate mayo so much. It is so vile. I ugh, I haven't willingly eaten mayo in so long. It's been, it's been at like, how old am I? It's been 15 years since I last willingly ate mayo. Anyways, every time I think about it, I just, ugh, peanut butter burger. Anyways, the good news is that only South Korea has to suffer. This is only available in South Korea. I think the FDA actually blocked this idea. The Food and Drug Administration said, no, you're not doing this, no. And to that I have to say, for the first time ever, thank you American government, you've done us a service. And now, for the moment you've all been waiting for, this week's snack review. And this week, we have it once again. We have a field report from, oh, I should have written this down, special correspondent. No, I I remember I changed it like twice mid-recording, but I like, I like, uh, Field reporter. Field reporter, Sam. Field reporter, Sam, has sent us more field notes. And, just like last time, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna come right out the gate. I'm just gonna read everything that she sent me. Verbatim. Apologize for the delay in completing this report. This package looks like a fake product from a child's toy grocery store basket. There's no partner company, no brand, just a plain red bag that says Dr. Pepper Cotton Candy with a picture of a can of Dr. Pepper on the front. It's a very thick, heavy-duty, foil-slash-plastic type bag, which is nice. Presumably a defense mechanism against predators, in case the camouflage fails. Shockingly, 110 calories per serving. And, not shockingly, the only real nutrition fact is 28 grams of sugar. It smells like plastic Dr. Pepper. I think this may be a toy. The cotton candy itself is sort of tightly bundled inside. It doesn't fill up the bag, 
it more looks like a red burrito. This tastes like if La Croix had a Dr. Pepper flavor on God. I'm not going to I'm not going to read the last the last line, last two lines. Uh, because they're unrelated to the field report. Uh, you, you know what you wrote. And I received a, I received an updated report later. I just want, I wanted to read the initial report first. The cotton candy tasted like when you have a cup of McDonald's Dr. Pepper, but forget it in your car until the next day. And it's not hot, so you take a sip, but the ice has melted in there, and it's all watered down and disappointing. Interesting. You know, for that much sugar, for 28 grams of sugar in cotton candy, which probably weighs 28 grams in and of itself, it's very surprising that the taste is that weak. Uh, taking a look at the packaging, yeah, it doesn't look real. You know those, uh, what brand was it? Was it Lip Smackers? Um, I'm doing a quick Google search on the air. Dr. Pepper Lip Smacker. If you look up Dr. Pepper, hey, I nailed it. I got it perfectly. If you look up Dr. Pepper Lip, Lip Smacker, uh, don't look at the cool one that looks like a cup of soda. Look at the one that just looks like regular uh, lip balm. That's kind of exactly what the bag is. Imagine that. Imagine this. The Dr. Pepper Lip Smackers. But then... Instead of saying lip smacker in a bold, striking font, imagine that someone used, like, the most generic font. It looks like, not Comic Sans, but like, one of those other very casual fonts. And in all caps, just wrote, COTTON CANDY, underneath the Dr. Pepper logo. This is so bad. This is first draft tier. This is a mock-up. The actual final product is just like the pitch. It's, this is bonkers. Legitimately, the, the bag is just like the logo, Dr. Pepper at the top. Cotton candy written underneath it. A can of Dr. Pepper underneath that with the sweet taste of Dr. Pepper written next to it with the background being like kind of red. Not even the same shade of red that Dr. Pepper cans are. It's just a, sh a similar shade of red. This is what someone writes down on a post-it note and then like sticks to the wall of their cubicle to remind themselves, oh yeah, this Friday, I have to pitch this product, you know, at the meeting. And they didn't, because it hasn't been approved yet, they didn't actually spend time mocking up a bag. They just 
wrote down, you know, a general design that they'll expand upon later. But then they never did. This is bad. This is a bad bag. This bag is bad. This is pathetic. But I suppose, receiving these field notes, the bag actually one-to-one -one corresponds with the taste. It's limp and pathetic and not real. It's a facsimile. Is it facsimile or facsimile? I've heard both. I like facsimile better. It makes me feel fancier. It's a facsimile of... Oh, I'm definitely saying that wrong. Oh, that didn't... That, that didn't feel good saying. That one felt bad. After I said facsimile, facsimile just feels bad. Ugh. It's... Oh, God. I want to say that. I want to say the word, but I don't think I've... Ugh. I gotta take a second run at that sentence. It's a mirage of Dr. Pepper. It's it's a it's a Dr. Pepper skinwalker. It's a skin pepper. Dr. Skin Pepper. That's what this is. <laughs> oh Jesus. Dr. Skin Pepper. It wears the Dr. Pepper logo. It has the veneer of Dr. Pepper. It smells like an approximation of Dr. Pepper. It tastes like the memory of Dr. Pepper. If you think really hard, if you think really hard about the taste of Dr. Pepper, you and you can you can sort of start to conjure it. And maybe, like, maybe if you drink some unflavored sparkling water, then you can, like, with the tape, like, with the physical input there, it can sort of help suddenly ignite a little bit of the flavor memory, but it's never gonna be totally there. It sounds like that's what this flavor is. And that really encapsulates this whole candy experience. It's not quite there. It's its a Dr. Skin Pepper. And with that, I give a huge thank you, a huge shout out to Field Correspondent Sam. You're doing excellent work and we all look forward to your next field notes. And that'll do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Snacks 71.6. You know I appreciate it. You know I love each and every one of my listeners. Every time someone listens, I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my soul. Every time someone listens, I grow more powerful. Every time someone gives me a five-star rating. They still use stars for ratings, right? I'm... I don't want to... I don't, I don't, I don't want to be one of the out-of-touch folks. 
I don't want to be one of them old people who falls out of touch with modern social media and lingo and tech. They're still using stars for ratings, right? Like, I know Twitter Twitter got rid of stars for, you know, it's not favorites. It hasn't been favorites. It's been likes for like six years now. And I still call them favorites sometimes. But that one's that one's more of obstinance. Um, Facebook, I refuse to call it meta. I will call it Facebook until I die. I will neither the company nor the service will I ever refer to as meta. No, no, you are Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg. You're you can't pull the wool over my eyes. I refuse. So I demand. I'm not asking anymore, I'm telling you to recommend this episode to your local to your football player recommend this episode to your local football player tell him that i start the episode talking about riverdale a show all about the epic highs and crushing lows of high school football if you (laughs) i dropped out in fourth grade to run drugs to support my nana so then you never knew the epic highs and crushing lows of high school football. Shut up, Archie. Gah. Uh, yeah. Tell tell your tell your local tell your local football player about that. I start this episode talking about Riverdale, which is a show all about the epic highs and lows of high school football, and maybe. They will hear that and either listen to my show or watch Riverdale. Oh, I can't believe I forgot this. Oh, just a few hours ago, Cole Sprouse did an interview and said that in polite words, the whole cast feels wrapped up with their characters. They feel that the show could end with a nice big bow and they could all move on to other projects. In not so nice words, everyone's sick of this. No one on the show wants to be on the show anymore. God, that's so good. You can tell when you watch it. You can tell. Like, Lily Reinhardt doesn't want to be on the show. She can't even hide it. Every line that she reads as Betty Cooper, it really feels like this is the first time that she's seen the script. Someone is on the other side of, like someone's standing just behind the camera, holding up cue cards, and she's she's a really good actress, so she's able to deliver them. She's able to deliver every line like she was a character in the universe. However, 
the character that she plays is also tainted with Lily Reinhardt's genuine confusion at everything that Betty says. Like, literally, I think season one, everyone was holding it together because it was still a murder mystery at that point. But then when a gang war started in season two, and it just went downhill from there, like, everyone started to kind of give up. Everyone realized just how crazy the show was going to be and that it's not Archie at all. But Lily Reinhardt, ever since, like, season three, just straight up, everything she says, she sounds so confused. She sounds like the average person reading the script. I can see, like, these auras around people? And I can... I can tell if they're dangerous? She delivers every line like that. She's so confused or totally fed up every time. That's it. When it's something insane, when it's something that, like, you literally couldn't predict if you fed... If you gave 100 episodes, 102 episodes to an AI and asked it to generate a new season, even the AI would never come up with something this absolutely insane. Unhinged, even. When she, when she reads something that is that unhinged, she delivers it very confused. But when it comes back, when it gets pulled back into serial killer territory, because she's been... This is like the fourth serial killer of the show. Betty Cooper hasn't had a normal day of her life since she was 14. She's been dealing with serial killer after serial killer after serial killer after cult after cult after serial killer. Literally every season she has to deal with one of those things. Her dad, her half-brother. Oh, that, that wasn't her half-brother, it was her half-brother's boyfriend. And who's also a serial killer. So her dad, her half-brother, her half-brother's boyfriend. Then she deals with um, the Dungeons and Dragons cult. Then she deals with the organ harvesting cult. Then she deals with the trash bag killer. And also, what was she doing in season five? What was season five about? Was season five. I know that season five was just after the time skip, so there was a lot of everyone's... Was she? No. Everyone became a teacher, but then that fell off. That one dissipated very quickly. Um... What was she doing last season? I know that Veronica killed her husband after Archie Captain America had a trash can lit at him. Um, Jughead was abducted by aliens, but actually he was just drunk and fell into a sewer. What was Betty doing last season? 
There's probably something with probably something with I know that she was like partially dealing with she was in between seasons she was abducted by the trash bag killer and held captive for a few days so like sometimes she flashes back to it but then just moves on immediately so she was like dealing with that a little bit but he never actually came into the scene unlike now where he has was season five was she really just there to have sex with archie i'm i'm getting stun locked back at it um what was i doing what part of the episode was i on oh my i'm oh my god i'm on the outro i'm sorry <laughs> um I, yeah yeah i guess i'm on the <clears throat> i got uh i guess i'm on the outro okay um <laughs> riverdale man this is your brain on riverdale I have to wrap it up here so I can go figure out what was Betty doing in season five? Probably something with a serial killer, but I have to know now. I've watched every single episode. I watched the first suit I watched the first two seasons twice. But I've watched every episode and I can't even remember what happens in most of them. It's psychotic. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm gonna this this is gonna be really dismissive. I'm sorry, but I'm very distracted by Roberto Aguiar Sacasa's terrible writing. While I figure this out, stay happy, stay healthy, and stay crispy, everyone.